welcome to the ACOP Student Podcast, a production of the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians. Hello, and welcome to the ACOFP podcast. This is, podcast will focus on National Primary Care Week and the role family medicine physicians play in primary care. I'm Nicole Green, the Vice Chair of the Public Relations Committee for the National Student ACOFP team. With me today, we have James Wisdom, the Secretary of our dedicated PR committee. Today, we're joined by Dr. Johnny Sackhouse, DO. Dr. Sackhouse attended Edward Via College of Osteopathic Medicine and graduated in 2008. He completed his residency through Wesley Family Medicine in Wichita, Kansas. He is currently the Chair of Family Medicine for the Auburn campus of VCOM. Dr. Sackhouse will be discussing with us the importance of primary care and the role of family medicine. So Dr. Sackhouse, how did you decide on family medicine as a specialty? Um, That's a good question. So when I first entered medical school, I actually wanted to do pediatric hemoc. That was my initial thought entering medical school. And um, I had had some experiences when I was younger and I was a, donate, a donator to St. Jude's and all, and all those type of things. Um, but I actually did a rotation in it. And I, while I enjoyed working with the kids, they, I felt like it just wasn't enough for me. And as I was doing rotations, I realized that I pretty much liked just about everything I did. And so I would do hospitalist work. I enjoyed that. I would do outpatient. I enjoyed that ER urgent care. I loved delivering babies and doing obstetrical stuff. I love procedural and um, obviously being a deal, I like using my hands. So anything I could use my hands. And so the more I thought about it, the more I realized I like this big, large spectrum of things. And I want to be able to tailor my future practice, how I want to see patients and how I want to do things. And family medicine is such a broad field when it comes to that. But options you have in family medicine. If you want to be an outpatient only doctor, you can. If you want to do urgent care, you can. If you want to be a hospitalist, you can. Or you can do like I did. I I was very full spectrum family medicine before coming to VCOM as a chair. I did inpatient, outpatient. I worked ER shifts and I did obstetrical, including C-sections. So I did a pretty wide range of different things that um, I, I, during my practice before coming to VCOM. And that was what I enjoyed about family medicine was that ability to do a lot of different things. I also realized I love relationships and being able to develop relationships, especially multiple generations. Um, some of my favorite experiences are being able to take care of four, five generations in one family, um, being able to deliver a mom and her daughter both um, within a year because uh, they both were pregnant in the same year. So things like that are just things that were you know, very neat to me. And that's what I enjoyed about family medicine, why I chose it. I feel like um, as a fourth year, I've had some underclassmen ask me the same thing of like, why do you think family medicine is a specialty you want to enter? And um, that's a similar thing I say is I did all these rotations third year and I was like, I like all of them. So why not find the one that encompasses them all? Leading into the next question, did you ever consider pursuing one of the family family medicine fellowships after residency? Yeah, and that's a great question. And so the short answer is yes, but I ended up not needing to because I really grew to have a passion for women's health and did a lot of stuff in women's health, including, like I mentioned, obstetrical, including surgical obstetrics with C-sections and things. 
most of the time as a family medicine resident, you come out of residency and you really need one of those fellowships to be able to get enough numbers to be comfortable and to um, get privileges and things to do C-sections. But I was lucky in a way that my program, we had a situation set up that allowed us to get a lot of numbers and be able to be comfortable as a family physician in deliveries. And at our my program, we could do electives with OB where we were essentially loaned to the OB program for a month where we got to just run aboard and deliver babies, do C-sections, take care of high risk. And we did this for our, our electives. And so I was able to do some of those electives. We also, for people who were interested in C-sections, if one of our patients came in and ended up needing a C-section. If somebody didn't want to do C-sections in their practice, they would call one of us that did want to, and we would be, we would come in at times and uh, do things like that. So I was able and lucky enough to have enough numbers that coming out of residency, I was able to get privileges at the hospital that I was going to work at, but I did consider doing an obstetrical fellowship um, at that point. And depending on what your interests are, there are several different fellowships that are out there that can kind of guide you to different areas, uh, depending on what your interests are. That's really interesting. Did you ever feel um, interested in doing any osteopathic fellowships or anything like that, or anything specific to osteopathic medicine? Um, those would be great fellowships too. Um, I My biggest interests were in more the women's health, where I thought about fellowships, but I do actually a decent amount of OMM, and during my, in my practice, I've in my residency, I did an allopathic residency, and me and another classmate, we helped um, put together an OMT clinic that had not been in existence yet at that residency, uh, even though half of our residents were typically osteopathic residents, and it grew and grew, and actually to this day is still going at that um, residency. Is actually, interestingly, it's led by an MD who grew to have an interest in it while um, we were there. She was one of our attendings and she kept learning um, with us and she kept learning after. And she actually basically runs that clinic now as an MD because she had grown, grown so, so interested in it. And so, you know, yes, I do enjoy the osteopathic side of the OMT, but personally, I did not do a uh, consider a fellowship there. But for people who have interest, I would highly encourage it because it can just help your skills. You know, even things like with cranial and things, even some special courses can be very helpful in some of those fields. What do you think the role of osteopathic medicine in primary care specifically is? So I think the role of osteopathic medicine, one, the tenets of osteopathic medicine fit family medicine and primary care in general to a T, right? We believe body, mind, and spirit. We believe that structure and function are related. We believe that the body is self-healing. And really primary care is a lot about that. It's putting the body in a place to be healthy. We have focused on prevention. We look at how can we put somebody's life in a situation where they're going to be in a better place, both mentally, physically, and emotionally. And by doing those things, we actually have a healthier patient. And primary care just leads to that. So I think osteopathic medicine is great for that. A lot of stuff what we see in primary care is like musculoskeletal complaints. My ability to be able to use my hands and my skill and knowledge in osteopathic medicine is great in those situations because I can help take care of patients in the moment, right then and there. And the ability for a patient to walk out feeling better when I 
wouldn't be able to do that without some of that knowledge. And I'd have to give them a medication that yes, may work, but may take a while. And so the ability to help them in that moment, and I can think of one right off the top of my head just came to my mind was working in urgent care one day, I had a patient come in with an obvious piriformis syndrome, and he was just in a lot of pain. And he had been to his previous uh, doctor him, uh, himself and didn't really get much relief with the medication that was given. He came into urgent care, extreme pain. I was able to use some OMT in an urgent care setting and took just about 10 minutes. And the patient walked out feeling 90% better than what he walked in feeling in about 10 minutes worth of effort. And to be able to put that patient in that comfort zone that quickly is something that is great tool in our tool bag as osteopathic physicians. And I highly encourage anybody you know, pursuing primary care, especially, but really in any field to not give up those skills. One of my previous students texted me this morning, he's finishing up a urology residency and he mentioned, yeah, I had a patient that was having really bad hiccups and I was able to work on their diaphragm today and help get their hiccups uh, to go away. So this is a urologist and he still could use it. So anybody can use it. And so, but it really fits well in primary care. Besides the osteopathic um, aspect of primary care, just since National Primary Care Week is coming up in October, what would you say is the important factors of a patient having a primary care physician, whether it be family medicine, internal medicine? What makes that so important? So, and it, it seems simple, like a simple answer to answer that one. But the reality is, is a lot of times it doesn't work well. The importance of a primary care doctor is you have somebody who is there to help manage and to bring things together. So a primary care doctor can take care of many of your problems. But when you do need a specialist or even a couple of specialists, a lot of times they may not necessarily have the full picture that the primary care doctor does. And it's great for the primary care doctor to be that liaison, to be that um, steward and that guide of the patient's health. And so um, statistics and studies have shown that patients with primary care doctors that they see regularly tend to do better. They tend to use less resources because they have better health in general. Uh, there are places in this world where primary care is not, is not really a thing and patients go from one specialist to another and that adds up and that's costly. And a lot of times it's piecemeal. That would be like trying to you know, build something and nobody sees the whole blueprint. They only see their individual parts. And then when it tries to come together, there's nobody there to direct where every piece goes. And it doesn't work very well in that way. And so a primary care physician can actually integrate all those things that we get through our specialists, through our ancillary services like physical therapy or other things. And we can put all those things together, but we're there always for that patient and we're their guide and their steward. And I think that's where primary care is so important. And by having somebody have a good primary care physician that they trust, they'll have overall better health. That makes sense. So you mentioned some of the differences between the U.S. family medicine and other countries with their many specialties. How have you seen family medicine change in the U.S. over the um, over your career? That's a great question. Over my career, um, I think we've seen a little bit of shift where um, we're seeing primary care 
in some areas being phased, try to be phased out by hospital corporations and things in place of using nurse practitioners or physician assistants. And while they do a great job in their field, I still see an importance for a physician to be in those fields. And the places where physicians are still very active in that tend to do really well. And so I see that. So that's one of the main challenges I've seen recently is that. The other thing that I have seen is that more and more primary care physicians tend to leave the hospital setting and leave some of those other things. And part of that is based on reimbursement and time commitments that are required and overregulation of paperwork and things. And so I understand the reasoning, but at the same time, it's a little sad because so many of these primary care doctors for centuries have taken care of um, these patients in all settings. And I think that that's gone away some, but for people who are still interested and passionate about that, there's, it still exists and it can still be done. And so you still can make that difference. And so I, I see some of those shifts, but I, I don't see the need for primary care and family physicians to go away. I think, honestly, we need them almost more. And as we can push for the government and insurance companies to include primary care and preventative medicine more and more, that's going to be even more important. Uh, thank you. That's really insightful. And just as how family medics changed to this point, um, there's still plenty of changes that are going to be made. So what, how do you promote family medicine at your campus of Ecom? So um, obviously, uh, as the chair of family medicine, that's my job, and I'm the one that people come to who are interested in family medicine. Uh, depending on your school and how the structures are set up, it may be slightly different, but at our campus and our school, I'm with the students quite a bit. The students all know who I am. Uh, it's uh, something that they, they know, and I try when I'm with the students and when I'm meeting with students and I'm talking I try to share experiences from my clinical background. I try to show that a primary care doctor and a family physician doesn't have to be just a cough and cold doctor, which some people believe when they come into medical school. I try to explain and help educate people to understand that the ideas and the roles of a family physician can be much greater than what sometimes is portrayed or thought, the stereotypes that might exist. I do that with my, in my education part. I do that with my meetings. Uh, the family medicine um, interest group on our campus through the ACOFP, we try to be pretty active in doing um, community things, physicals, and, uh, you know, we've gotten into a situation where a couple times a year now we cover uh, pickleball tournaments as first aid, so we have these kind of community outreach things that we try to do also to encourage it, and those are great times when I can interact with students on a kind of more personal level and really explain kind of what I've done in my career and what can be done and try to get an interest there in family medicine. And a lot of times I have students come to me later during third year or early fourth year and say, you know, I'm really struggling because I thought I wanted to do X, but I realized I like a lot of different things. Tell me more about how your training was and how you did family medicine and what you practice like. And so I get students who come to me and ask me those questions because of previous conversations we've had. So leading by example and sharing experiences and stories and trying to encourage people are probably how I would promote it the most. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. That's one of the reasons that I'm applying to family medicine this year as well, because I love the opportunity to have so much variability in our careers. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us tonight. It's encouraging to hear that doctors like you are working towards improving family medicine and improving family medicine education for future physicians. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us tonight? No, um, the only thing I'd say is, you know, it's important. I feel like people should follow their passion. Um, sometimes it's really easy to get caught up in, oh, my family thinks I should do this or somebody else thinks I should do this or, you know, a specialist maybe is looked at better. But if that's not what your passion is, you won't be happy. And if your passion is to take care of families and to look at primary care in general, then what I would say is follow your passion. Do what you like, do what you love, because that's what's going to make you happy, not only in your career, but it's going to make your whole life better if you follow that passion. And so I would encourage anybody who listens to this to follow what you feel is your passion when it comes to medicine. Well, thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks, you too. Thank you, Dr. Sackhouse. The ACOFP Student Podcast is a production of the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians. To learn more about ACOFP, please visit www.acofp.org. Looking for more resources on OMT? Visit ACOFP's OM Teaching at www.acofpomteaching.com and ask your institution if they subscribe so you can have access to over 150 OMT videos and support materials.